Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is a place to be to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. I am your host, Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome. I am a coach. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and my new book, Brave New Girl, which is all about how to become more confident. So today I'm talking to Danielle North, who is an author and she's the founder of Pause, who run retreats, workshops and do coaching for busy people on the brink of burnout. Danielle has been a coach for 25 years, so she really does know what she's talking about. Danielle has worked with hundreds of people to help them to make changes that they need to reset their lives through her Pause Retreats and her books, Pause and Pause Every Day, both published by Asta. So this podcast is for anyone that thinks that they might need to slow down. And Danielle talks about how we need to put pause on ourselves and our lives before life does it for us. Because Danielle has experienced what's called a burnout. And she talks about what that is, what the symptoms were and how she overcame it. We talk about why there's so much resistance to slowing down in this fast-paced world and how we can find small moments to pause and to take care of ourselves more. We discuss this phenomena of actually being addicted to doing, hands up, who has found themselves almost addicted to being busy, ticking things off their to-do list, feeling that you get this rush almost from being quote-unquote productive and it can make it really, really hard to take care of ourselves and anxiety can be a very normal result of not really switching off and not really taking that time to relax. And Danielle just shares tons of really practical things that we can all be doing, very simple things that we can all incorporate into our lives to feel calmer and happier. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, I just want to invite you to come on over to my website, karmayou.com forward slash free and enter your email address there and I will send you my anxiety busting toolkit full of resources to help you to be your calmest self. So head over to karmayou.com forward slash free. So let's get into the interview with Danielle. The Karma You podcast is made possible this week by Simprove. I was first recommended to take Simprove, a live bacteria food supplement by a nutritionist when I was having digestive issues. Now drinking their product every morning has become part of my morning ritual and I wouldn't be without it. It's basically become my most recommended product. My parents, my sisters, 
my boyfriend, even my in-laws and my parents' friends are all taking it now because I rave about it to everyone. It has massively improved my digestion and I used to have problems with food intolerances, which I no longer have. You can save 25% off your first four-week pack of Simprove when you visit www.simprove.com, that's spelt S-Y-M-P-R-O-V-E, and enter the code CHLOE25%. Brilliant. Welcome, Danielle. How are you today? Hello, I'm really well, thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for speaking to me. Um, Can you tell us what it is that you do and, and how you got to where you are today? and creator of Pause and we offer retreats and workshops and coaching for people who are on the brink of burnout or for those people who don't want to be um, and how did I get there um, I've been working with people for about 25 years now and specifically as an executive coach and facilitator for about 15 years and I spent several years living and working in Singapore um, during that time, I was the managing director of a, um, a coaching company, a leadership development consultancy, building teams, delivering transformational change programs um, in the region. And uh, I managed to be successful with the business, but also spectacularly successful in burning myself out. And um, whilst it was quite a, a challenging experience and time, it was also a very transformational experience whilst it was happening but afterwards it was certainly um possible to see that I was being redirected and um and essentially pause was born through that experience wow and I love the fact that you've been doing coaching for 25 years because I feel in very safe hands talking to you and getting advice from you um so that's really good to know I'm so interested in this this topic of burnout because I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I'd never heard of burnout like maybe five years ago or something or even less. I feel like now everyone is talking about it and it's a word that we're hearing so much. Uh, can you talk about what that is um, and what was your experience of it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when I um, had my own experience of burnout, I also hadn't heard about it myself. Um, but now, as you say, more people are more aware of it and, and more people speak about it and experience it, I think. Um, and some some doctors recognise burnout as real um, and others don't. So it would depend on, on perhaps the, the GP that you talk to. Um, but what we're seeing... Certainly the World Health Organization is saying that um, stress, anxiety and depression will be our most prevalent diseases. Actually, they say 2020, which is next year. Um, So I think burnout for me is a sort of collection of um, different experiences that people have physiologically, emotionally and mentally. Um, And that can be things like uh, physiologically the um, the adrenal glands not functioning correctly so adrenal fatigue um, it can be that you feel very tired but you can't sleep um, it can be chronic exhaustion it can be things like thyroid problems um, increased stress levels uh, an inability to cope with everyday life uh, i found myself crying a lot for no apparent reason um, but you might also experience feeling um, anxious or angry and um, brain fog and there are lots of different um, experiences that people can have um, that could 
collectively be put together and called Burner. I think it's quite an individual um, uh, collection of experiences that people have. Um, yeah, my, my own experience was that um, I um, essentially woke up one day and couldn't get out of bed. Um, but I think that was um, the culmination of many things that had been happening over a long period of time, um, where eventually my body just stopped and said no more. Right. So it's rather than being something that is, I don't know, something you can have a blood test for and get diagnosed with, you know, in a very direct way, it's more of a collection of symptoms that often goes under this umbrella term of burnout. Is that right? I, I think so. You can have your adrenal glands tested to check the functionality uh, of the adrenal glands and to see how the cortisol levels are being, um, uh, how your body's responding to your cortisol. Um, and you can also have your thyroid tested too. So there are some tests um, that can be done, but there isn't a specific test for burnout. Um, it would be an adrenal, uh, an adrenal panel that people could be tested for. So checking things like the adrenaline level, the cortisol level and the DHEA level in the body, um, that's possible to measure. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and I'm just imagining, you know, what, what happens, I guess, when we're in fight or flight yeah. and the adrenaline is pumping out day after day at you know, high levels, because we're so stressed, or we're putting so much pressure on ourselves. And it actually gets to the point where your body can't deal with that anymore. And like you say, you just one day maybe can't get out of bed, because you just haven't got the energy because you've used, used up all that adrenaline. Yes, yeah, the body's not designed to constantly be pumping adrenaline out. But I think, um, you know, as you made reference to the fight or flight, uh, adrenaline is designed to um, help us respond faster in an emergency situation um, uh, what's happened is we often perceive that we're in a, an emergency situation like an email's coming in and we need to respond to it urgently so our, our view of a, a crisis situation has become um, altered I think and so the body's often um, um, sort of sending out more adrenaline into the system than is required and eventually that can um, affect um, so that the DHEA levels start to um, drop and eventually DHEA can which is a hormone can um, run out essentially and then the thyroid has to start to compensate so there's a biological response in the body that can occur that is an imbalance I think it takes uh, quite a lot of prolonged stress to be able to um, to create that level of imbalance in the body um, but I think a lot of people are under um, prolonged stress often whether that be in their work whether that be uh, as a parent whether that be as a carer um, there can be many experiences people have that put stress on the body. I think it's amazing isn't it how I don't know, for example, being late for something or having loads of emails or deadlines, it really can feel in your body yes. like a serious, serious, like almost a life-threatening thing. I suppose that's how our bodies are responding with the fight or flight response because, yeah, that's what we would have gone into, the mode that we would have gone into when we needed to run away to save our lives or fight something off to save our lives. And yet yes. we're getting into that mode in everyday, you know, stresses. Yes, which can be quite exhausting then, which is 
um, this idea of being tired and wired, you can physically feel your body is tired. And then when you go to, to bed at night, you can't uh, easily go to sleep because the adrenaline still um, running through the body when it doesn't need to be. And so there's this, this sense of almost like a slight trembling or shaking that's running through the body, um, which is um, essentially too much adrenaline. Gosh, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. I can only imagine. I haven't been in that situation where I've not been able to sleep because I've had so much adrenaline, but I imagine that's really very tough to deal with. What What did you do? So after you found that you basically couldn't get out of bed in the morning, what, what did you do after that? What were the... Yeah, how did you go out and find out more about what was happening? Well, I didn't at first. Um, so I think a big part of uh, my experience was the denial of the experience. So as I said, the um, not being able to get out of bed was um, a culmination of other things that had been happening um, prior to that in, in my body that I had um, <laughs> quite happily ignored. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I couldn't get out of bed, I, I also ignored that essentially. And I, um, I, I talk about the fact I got somebody to bring my laptop into my bedroom and I carried on working. So oh. um, being able to acknowledge um, the information that we have about our health and our well-being can be quite confronting and, and often we don't want to do that and so uh, we just keep going essentially and that's what I did to start with was um, I just <laughs> to, to, as much as I could from my bed which obviously was a bit limited I just kept going um, and until the point that somebody suggested that I might need a holiday um, and at that point that was quite a felt like quite a radical suggestion because I thought that um, the responsibility of running the company and the responsibility of um, all of the people in the teams and the customers were all brought down to me essentially so um, yeah it was quite hard to uh, make that that leap from and being on the treadmill to actually acknowledging that something's not okay what um so yeah it wasn't it wasn't instant or uh, immediate right okay yeah so you really felt like you couldn't take holiday because it was your responsibility to keep your work going and you know you, there was almost like a resistance to slowing down or resistance to having a having a break which I think Absolutely. a lot of people probably can resonate with that because yeah. rest is has kind of got a bad reputation I think in our culture like mm. rest you're lazy or you're not ambitious or you need to be hustling all the time and actually it's not really doing any us any favors no and I think at the time friends were saying to me you know Daniel we're worried about you we're concerned you know are you okay and I, I didn't understand why they were concerned um, that I didn't want to see that I was on the brink of burnout I didn't want to admit that and part of that I think is what you're describing culturally this idea of us being strong and um, you know, keeping up with our responsibilities, you know, not stopping. Um, there's a, there seems to be an automaticity in our culture that suggests being busy is better and, and rest seems to have become undervalued. But when I talk to leaders about the power of pause in, in organisations, um, I talk about 
uh, athletes um, and the fact that athletes understand that to perform at their best at those crucial moments, it requires not only dedicated training and effort, but also dedicated rest and recovery. And in everyday life, we seem to have lost sight of that. That's such a good reminder to really remember that if it's, you know, if it's the physical body and wanting to perform at your best, then having breaks and rest and days off training actually helps you to be better. It doesn't hinder you. It actually is essential. And we need to remember that for our, our lives and our our minds as well. We wouldn't ask marathon runners to keep running marathons every day. No. Which no. is weird. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I think there is one person that doesn't, isn't there one person who has that written run a marathon every day like some kind of world record but yeah, there, there is somebody done that an ultra athlete but <laughs> but you know that's one person <laughs> in the population of running so I can't I get my head around that it's not for me not for me um of how we live our lives as though we're in enduring a marathon every day mm. that is being peculiar or strange or unusual yeah absolutely and I'm wondering, um, what is it that your clients come to see you with? Are there certain um, struggles that they have or certain problems that you notice time and time again? And we might have spoken about this before, but I wonder if there's anything else that you want to add to that. I think that the thing that uh, I see people come to me most for um, is underlying it is anxiety actually but but mostly what they're coming to see me for is a sense of feeling lost um so they might have um ticked all of the external boxes that they thought they needed to tick in their lives so you know gone to university got a degree maybe um they're in a relationship or they've got a good job or they've started a family they've sort of gone through this process of ticking the external boxes and yet there's something that doesn't feel right to them that's probably the best way that they would describe it to me that that they may feel that they're unfulfilled that they're not uh, quite in the right place that they're not necessarily happy that something isn't quite right is probably how they would describe it a sense of um, feeling a bit untethered or, or or lost or a sense that there is more to life than than they've been able to um achieve through ticking the external boxes so it's often a question of um meaning um and uh being able to to connect to something perhaps more deeply than you've been able to connect to um historically um, but what happens on the surface level before you get to that deeper place is it uh, it often arises as anxiety um, so if I were to say the sort of common reason that people come is they probably feel quite anxious um, and they may have um, you know as I say tried to, to tick all the boxes and be comparing themselves to uh, what they think they should have done and what everybody else around them is doing um, and that can leave them thinking that where they are is wrong um, can lead to a sense of um, judgment of themselves critical thinking I see people being really hard on themselves for where they are versus where they think they should be um, and and often the work that we're doing is really 
helping people to uh, get a sense of meaning and connection and peace really yeah it's interesting that you say that idea around people feeling lost and maybe they're ticking these boxes externally but they don't feel satisfied or they feel that something's missing Mm -hmm. and there is such a I think in our culture such a pressure to pick to tick all these boxes and yet we don't we're not always aware of what actually makes us happy and what actually you know asking ourselves what do we want rather than what society is pushing us towards like I don't know a lot of people that train as lawyers for example who actually get into law and realize that they you know it's not for them yes. so I to pick on the lawyers but I have a lot of clients who are lawyers <laughs> <laughs> struggling with that but yeah okay so it presents as anxiety but there's a deeper thing around feeling lost and lacking meaning correct and and uh how do I really be myself in the world is a very big question that we often get to in the conversation um but people don't realize that's the question when they start they're they're just a sense of I'm feeling anxious and lost and things aren't quite right is often how they say say it right and do you think that people get almost like addicted to doing or addicted to living life at, at a very fast pace to try and tick those boxes yeah, I think I think being busy is addictive. Um, I think it's one of our one of one of our addictions. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the only one. Um, and I think that links links back to anxiety. I think if we means and ways to to manage their anxiety levels, then I think that frees up space for them to slow down, for them to rest, to recover, to pause, um, and and then that allows them the time to be able to come to these more meaningful questions that require um, their attention. So, yeah, I do think it's an addiction that um, keeps us away from some of the bigger, more difficult questions that we might need to face up to in our lives. Because I think that when we're being busy, there are rewards for for being busy. You get kind of a, a hit of new experiences or achievements or accolades or more money and yeah maybe we do really get addicted to that and it stops us from getting to those deeper questions about what what would bring us meaning in our lives um I think there's a there's a need for us to um to ebb and to flow um so I I think that doing and achieving and um creating things is a way of us um, developing meaning and purpose in our lives it's just for a lot of people um, they're caught on a treadmill that only um, is only about the push and isn't about uh, allowing space for the reflection as well and I think that that imbalance can be um, a bit tricky for people so it's not it's not about um, being anti-doing or not not doing or achieving I think there's a there's a really important place for us to to do things um and there's uh, an opportunity like the athletes to understand that in order to really perform and to 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 give our best we also need to be able to develop skills and and a muscle almost to be able to rest and pause and reflect 
I'm really glad you said that because I think probably for a lot of people listening and, and from people that I've spoken to, yeah. there can sometimes be a fear that if we slow down or if we pause, then we'll suddenly lose all our ambition. Yeah. Nothing will get done. Yes. <laughs> Is that something you see in people? Well, I've definitely been asked that question, but somebody who's been practicing pause for the last eight years, um, I haven't lost any of my ambition. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still an ambitious person. It's just how I go about this has changed. Um, and uh, my approach to getting things done is different now. Um, so it, it really isn't about... Um, losing ambition or not getting things done it's about the way in which we approach how we get things done and what it is we want to get done you know often um people are so focused on um those those check boxes that i was talking about that are actually external ideas of what they should be doing rather than what their soul really wants to do, what their heart really wants to do, or what's really aligned for them. And so actually having the space to pause allows you to come back to what's really important to me. What do I want to focus my attention on? What really matters to me at this, this point in my life? And that could absolutely be that next promotion um, or, you know, buying your home or you know, having a family. Those those may be things that you really want to put your attention on. And then it's how you go about it um, from a place of um, less anxiety or fear or desperation almost. And what have been the main changes that you've made in your life then to, to make the change that you have? Oh, they've been many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've Quite been a broad many. question. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's been pretty huge to be honest it, it, it was a as I said at, at the beginning it was a massive transformation for me um, and 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 I think if I had known that at the time I might not have wanted to have embarked on that journey and it meant relocating from Singapore back to the UK which I didn't actually want to do that wasn't that wouldn't have been my wish list to have done that but um, in the in the bigger picture of life, it was the right thing to do. Uh, it meant um, leaving the company that I loved, um, which again, at the time, I, I wouldn't have said that would have been my preferred choice, but in retrospect, I can see why life was leading me in that direction um, in order that I could establish something of my own. Um, so yeah, the, the, the changes were, um, were, were very significant I mean things that I talk about when I used to be working at that that point in time I would work from six till three but that was six a.m till three a.m um, wow you know, so, so that in itself uh how I work now you know I work from 10 till five now um, so it's a much different a Monday to Friday it's a much different uh work ethic that I have I still um, you know, still get a lot done, but I, I don't do it in the sort of window of time that I used to. And mm. um, things like nutrition, um, you know, I would often live on pizza and Diet Coke and sort of sweets, essentially. That would be how I fed myself. Um, so, you know, I had to return to um, a proper 
level of nutrition and feeding myself properly that in itself was a whole exercise of uh, relearning how to eat essentially um i changed who i spent time with um i I stopped seeing certain people in my family. I mean, the, the list is pretty huge. It's been, it's been a massive transformation over the last eight years. Um, and, you know, I think there is, um, that can make it all sound a bit daunting. Um, but I think that when you pause, you get to listen to what matters to you in the inner world and then you can make small changes bit by bit there isn't a requirement to radically transform your life in the way that I was I'm in the business of transformation so it sort of happens to be how I end up living my life but um, it, it can be much smaller things that people do in their everyday lives that can allow them to benefit from pause it doesn't have to be these big radical changes okay that's good news that's good news so I mean I can definitely relate to what you're saying I think I've I've had to make quite a few big changes in my life Mm -hmm. in order to be calmer and I know that not everyone needs to do the things that I've done like stop drinking alcohol meditating twice a day you know, for some people, it can be those littler things that just little changes that can make a big difference. But for some of us, we really do need quite a big change. And it might seem hard, but it's worth it in the end. And there are a lot of you know gifts at the other side of it. Mm. I think people often worry um, about making those radical changes because they worry about what the ramifications might be or what people might think of them or um, you know losing particular relationships so um, that is quite a daunting process to to go into and that's why um, you know for me personally I did that with support so uh, throughout the last eight years I, I've definitely been well supported to make these kind of significant changes in my life. I think that's an interesting point and, and one I was going to ask you about in terms of what other people are going to think because ah, oh, it's such a big one I think when when you've got anxiety worrying what other people think very often comes into it and you know if you suddenly start pausing more or saying no to to things turning down work or making other changes other people may notice and may not like it is that something that you have noticed or your clients comes up for your clients yes um and it it, that there's not an easy answer to that um and i think there are two there are two parts to that question really there's one which is what will other people think and then the, the second part is how do you manage your own responses to that and I think the second part is an easier angle really because you can't control what other people are going to think but you can learn to manage um, your own response to that inside and I think that's um, that's probably a more helpful thing to focus on um, because people are always going to have their views and opinions um, and that I, I don't think ultimately that's a very healthy way to live is based on other people's views and opinions. I think each of us um, must learn to trust ourselves and what is best for us and then be responsible for that um, so that, that we can 
function well and be healthy in the world and have a greater capacity for other people um, so not easy at all and does require I think both support and um, a degree of consciousness yeah so I'm, I'm imagining and just thinking that quite often those worries about what people think aren't even conscious like mm. you find yourself making certain decisions but you don't even realize it's because actually you're worried about what people might think yeah and so it comes back to just really being conscious of that and also just trusting in your own decisions and knowing that you can't allow what other people think to dictate your life you ultimately have to do what's right for you and people are going to think what they think we can't control what people think um they've they've got their own reasons for thinking that very often yes yeah i agree and um one of the things i was taught when i was recovering from burnout which has helped me a lot because one of the uh, things that I was taught is that what is best for you will be best for them and um, that became a mantra that really helped me over time is if I do what's best for me that will be best for the people around me um, and that's quite a shift in mindset because I think often well, I, I certainly find this myself I was thinking more about how do I do what's best for everybody else and and I think that was um a contributing factor it wasn't the only factor but a contributing factor to me burning out eventually um so yeah learning that what was best for me would be what was best for people around me uh, was quite a mindset shift I love that I think yeah people should write that down put it on the fridge <laughs> mantra <laughs> what are some practical things that people can do to pause and slow down a bit more in their lives yeah so what i'm going to say um here is not going to be um revolutionary and it will be things that people who are listening in will have heard of before and they'll be very simple ideas but one of the things that we believe with pause is simple is really effective and and after all life's complicated enough um mm-hmm. so um these would be in in no order these would be my my kind of tips to build pause in um the first thing i'd say is try and do one thing at a time um we're we're not really designed to be multitasking in the way that we are in our lives. So um, allowing yourself to focus on one thing, complete that thing, and then move on to the next thing. Um, That will really help your central nervous system to not get overloaded. Um, The second thing I'd say is breathe. Um, So when we're anxious, and and you'll know more about this than me probably, the, the, the biological response is that the breath will... Um, sort of get stuck in the top part of the body um, probably in the chest area and as the breath um, holds in the chest area uh, that can then increase the uh, levels of anxiety that we feel um, and so breathing deeply um, and allowing the breath to go right down into the belly and a deep exhale um, if you were to do that two or three times um, and multiple times through the day then that would be uh, very beneficial for the central nervous system so consciously breathing um, is something we can all do and we can all do more of um, 
another simple thing is to spend time in nature um, and not everybody has um, you know the luxury of having um, beaches or mountains um, or, or lakes around them um, but even um, being able to go to your local park um, to be able to put your attention onto water onto trees onto grass onto flowers allow yourself to reconnect to nature we're spending a lot of time in boxes essentially <laughs> working in boxes living in boxes traveling in boxes um, often without any natural daylight um, you know, or often with controlled heating systems um, often with um, you know, a, a large amount of um, Wi-Fi around us. So we're not designed to live in boxes. You know, we're not designed to be in boxes. We're, you know, we're of nature. Um, so we're designed to feel the breeze on our face, to uh, connect to the earth beneath us, to be able to see the sun and the clouds. So uh, small amounts of time or large amounts of time if you're able, but um, some time in nature, if possible, every day um, would be really healthy for, for everybody. Um, the next thing I'd say would be to to have times where you turn off your tech. Um, so it's possible to uh, set your Wi-Fi at home to um it's i think it's under the parental controls actually you can have your wi-fi turn off at a particular time and turn on at a particular time and i think that's a useful thing so that um you're not surfing late into the night um or starting your day straight on the screen and i think if uh, people can uh, manage the time that they spend on their tech then that would be um that would be really beneficial um, Another thing I talk about is white space. Um, so not booking all of your day uh, in back-to-back -back meetings or all of your weekend with back-to-back -back social en engagements, but allowing yourself a little bit of white space, time where there's nothing booked in in your work week or uh, during your weekends so that you can just amble if you want to that you're not rushing from one thing to the next without any processing time or thinking space or downtime so um allowing some white space um and then uh two more things i would say one this i realize this is quite a lot but um it's brilliant different things will resonate for different people. So just giving a few different examples, people don't have to do all of these things, you know, find, if you're listening in, find something that you think, ah, that would be good for me to practice and practice one of these things rather than making this a massive to-do list because that's a bit against the idea of pausing really. Um, but another thing is rhythm. So our bodies um, are in in alignment with the rhythms of nature um, the more that we can create rhythm for ourselves in our day-to-day -day lives um, the the calmer our central nervous systems will feel um, so you could start with simple things like waking up at the same time and going to bed at the same time um, making sure that you have your lunch at the same time every day and actually have your lunch take a break step away from the screen you know if you can use that as your chance to get outside and, and be in nature so creating rhythms really 
um, beneficial for the body and for the central nervous system to calm anxiety. Um, and then actually a thing that you mentioned a moment ago, moment ago Chloe, your boundaries, um, being able to practice saying no, um, which I know for some people can be quite challenging. So that's um, you know, something to really take your time over when you're being asked to do something you might say to somebody can I come back to you on that and have a think about whether it is something you've got the time the space the energy the capacity um, to do and if not then say no um, so if you don't set your own boundaries um, other people uh, will take as much as they can from you essentially so it's good practice to learn how to set your own boundaries and to say no it makes it makes saying yes more effective as well yes absolutely thank you so much for sharing all those tips I'm just thinking about nature now I, I, I find myself craving like green sometimes if I'm just sat at my desk too much I get this like real pull to want to go to the park or to get out into the countryside or something and I heard someone recently say that there's something called nature deficit disorder that is actual <laughs> thing that we really do need to be in nature to to help us to be calm and and healthy and grounded absolutely yeah amazing when I lived in Singapore and I was flying a lot I would fly every every week to a different country and um, there came a point when I all I wanted to do was come back to the UK and put my hands in the earth it, it was a very visceral experience I needed to reconnect to, to nature and get grounded so um, you know obviously I was living a very extreme lifestyle so um, for, for people who um, are feeling you know a little bit um, anxious a bit agitated then getting into nature will really help to support your central nervous system yeah and take your shoes off put your feet on the ground hug well, a tree yes yes <laughs> need to hug a tree but sometimes <laughs> just touching a tree can be quite a grounding thing I find just connecting with you know something sitting at the base of a tree with your back against the tree is a really um, supportive thing to do so if you feel that you're being over responsible that you're taking on too much that you're um, having to give a lot to other people then sitting at the base of a tree and just letting the tree um, really support you that's a very grounding experience I love that idea amazing thank you um, what are you up to at the moment and how can people learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on a, a little pause at the moment for um, August and um, getting ready to prepare for some retreats that we're running in Asia uh, in November. So um, we've got a, a retreat called the Sacred Pause coming up and a retreat called the Deep Pools, which we're running just off of Singapore on this beautiful uh, private island. Um, people can find me online in all of the usual places. Um, I'm at Life by Danielle. And uh, yeah, you can read my book, Pause, as well, if you want to learn more about how to pause in your life. Amazing. Thank you so much. Those tips are just, yeah, really good reminder to me for some of those things that I need to be incorporating more into my life me too <laughs> always <laughs> learning yeah I'm sure people have found this so so helpful so yeah thank you for sharing that with us 
Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and you took lots from it. Come on over to Instagram and find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Send me a little message. Let me know what you thought or share this on social media if you want to spread the word about this episode. And if you're listening on iTunes or on your iPhone, please do subscribe to the Karma You podcast and leave me a little review if you've got a moment. I would be so, so grateful. So I'm just wishing you a really good week and sending you lots of love and hope that you'll tune in again soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 